Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Deep Drive in the Left Field podcast. My name is Jack, otherwise known as MLB Nerds on Instagram, and I'm here with Ryan Garcia, my co-host, otherwise known as Ryan Garcia ESM on Twitter. Today we're going to be talking about a bit different things than we usually do or typically do in our podcast. We're going to be going over our top 10 starting pitchers uh, for both me and Ryan. You might have already seen my list. My uh, top 10 starting pitcher list got 500 comments, and I think 80% of them were negative, but that's okay. I, you know, invite respectful and disrespectful debate. Uh, we're going to hear Ryan's list as well. I don't think I've heard the whole thing. You're also going to hear about, mine and Jackson's. But we're also yep. going to be hearing Jackson's and James Valentinez's, who uh, they both run the social medias. They do things. Uh, and they also the trivia. You guys know them. Uh, then we'll move on to how incompetent the Angels are, uh, training for Alex Cobb. We'll get into that later. And a couple other transactions that happened with the NL Central. Uh, let's get it. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or fuck them around, not Anaheim, whatever. The Los Angeles Angels recently acquired starting pitcher Alex Cobb, who was arguably the worst pitcher in baseball from the Baltimore Orioles for top seven prospect Jemai Jones. This was a shocking move to me. I mean, Cobb, I guess it is what it is. They, they wanted him. They see something there, which is fine. And they're uh, not taking the majority of the salary. It's going to be the Orioles taking $10 million, partially deferred money. However, when you hear the return and it's the uh, Angels' seventh best prospect, Jemai Jones, you, you start to wonder, like, well, what are they doing? You know, the Angels' farm system, uh, system is pretty weak to begin with, and you give up your seventh prospect. And I understand their seventh overall prospect may not be top 20 in some organizations. Maybe the Orioles, is not, uh, Jumai Jones is not top 20. But at the end of the day, he's still your seventh best prospect. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this trade? I mean, I personally think this is, like, this is, at this point, it's comical with this team. Think about, so I, I don't know how much of the salary they're taking on. Do you, do you remember? I, I know it's, I, I think it's like half, right? Baltimore's, but, taking, on, Baltimore's taking on 10 mil and so, okay. partially deferred money. So Yeah, so at $5 million, I mean, it, it just, so Archer, which we'll get into later, is time for six, a little over $6 million. So you paid a $1 million less for a far worse starting pitcher who has, in my opinion, absolutely no ceiling. He is 33 years old. He doesn't have like a power fastball or like, Something with great a fastball, great spin, a four six five uh, skill interactive ERA in his last um, three seasons. He's not even healthy. He's thrown off two hundred and seventeen innings in that time span. So we're not getting a health. You're not getting a healthy starting pitcher. You're not getting a good starting pitcher. You're not getting a project. You gave up uh, your seventh overall prospect for a guy who you're hoping can even you're you're praying makes your god awful rotation. It made no sense. It's just why this is why the Angels are never gonna, you know, be a great team with Mike Trout because they never know. They don't understand how to put a decent team together. You know, I just I don't see what the point of this move was. At least with Dylan Bundy last year, there was some upside. He was young. He was controllable. They didn't give up too much to get him, and there was something there. There's nothing there with Cobb, so I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, like you were saying, I don't really know how much else there is to say. Cobb's a bad pitcher. Joe's might not be the best prospect in the world, but at least he's something and just seventh best prospect. And you trade him away for someone who's arguably to make your team worse. Like there's a chance he's a negative win player. Uh, and, you know, the Angels rotation is bad, but they still have other options. And someone like Chris Archer, who went right after, went to the, to, the Rays after Cobb was traded, 
he was definitely someone they should have been, you know, going after. Their other guys, James Pax, and maybe they'll still make a play for him. But from what we've heard, it looks like they're going to be done with their starting rotation, which looks like they always they run a six man rotation because they pitch Otani every Sunday. So you got Dylan Bundy, you got Otani, you got what's his name, Alex Cobb. Who, who else am I missing? Who else is in that rotation? I guess uh, is Patrick Sandoval getting some spot starts? Starts or he's in the bullpen? I think Canning's in there as well. Canning's in there, yeah. And then you got uh, Reed Detmars is apparently going to come up at some point. Last year's first round pick. Uh, We'll, we'll see really i'm not entirely sure what they're going to do it's really a shame too because they could easily win that division like that division is not that great this point the astros are still a good yeah. team they lose springer lose verlander they're not like an elite team i'd say at this point the athletics just lost a fuck ton of people uh angels can really make a play at this division and them going after alex cobb as opposed to the other options that might be even potentially cheaper it's really just a shame really at the end of the day yeah it sucks to see mike trout's prime his talent this is arguably going to be the best baseball player we've ever seen if not, you know, the best top five, top 10, you know, it's, it's really a shame to watch the Angels waste his career like this. And he signed a massive deal to stay there. So it's unlikely he'll play anywhere else at this point. And another thing is like, I mentioned this earlier, there is with Bundy, there was, he had a, he had like a two thousand, he had 2000 over 2,400 rotations per minute on his fastball and over 2,500 rotations per minute on his curve, on his curveball or slider, excuse me, it generated a lot of swings and misses in Baltimore. There's nothing like that with Cobb. So I don't see the point in acquiring him. I don't, I, I'd be shocked if they're able to somehow fix him because if, if he, cause he was clearly declining with the race and he never got better in Baltimore. And I understand Baltimore's not a great organization, but he really never got better over there. I don't know what makes the angels think they can fix him. And it just, again, you're, I mean, it just feels like such a, like a painfully awful off season. They had a chance to really have a great offseason and put themselves ahead of the other other teams in the division after their teams in the division got worse and they blew it. It's they do it every offseason. Last year they thought they were getting Garrett Cole and they didn't. The year before they think they're getting this starter, this starter, that starter, and they can't ever do it. They're consistently always coming up short when it comes to starting pitchers and they're a joke and they're a shit show of an organization. Another minor transaction that took place recently, but it looks stupid, you know, when you look at it initially. Uh, is that the Orioles traded Alex Cobb to the uh, Angels, and they got back their seventh overall prospect in Jemiah Jones. Now, the Angels' farm is incredibly weak. It's one of the worst in baseball, and Jemiah Jones, though he's the seventh prospect of the, their organization, he's likely somewhere in the 15 range for the Orioles, who have a very solid farm system, and he would probably be around 15 to 20 for everywhere else. Uh, at the end of the day, the Angels, this move really doesn't make too much sense. You know, the rotation is not looking too bad. At the end of the day, they have they, they do a six-man rotation because they have Otani pitch every Sunday. Their rotation is looking like Dylan Bundy, uh, Andrew Heaney, Jose Quintana, Griffin Canning, Alex Cobb is going to fit in there somewhere, likely. Patrick Svandle might get a couple starts. They got Reed Detmar supposed to come up. So they have options at the end of the day. Uh, with that being said, though, Cobb is likely, not likely, he is the worst by far out of the out of these pitchers that they have. And they actually had to give up an asset to get him. Um, there were, in my opinion, plenty of other options and plenty of other routes that could have gone with this. So it really lacked sense to me at the end of the day and it's really it really sucks to watch the angels sort of make these incompetent moves and waste uh mike trout's prime now with that being said they did only take on five million dollars of his contract and it is deferred so they're only paying him about 2.5 million dollars this season it's still in my opinion just just not a great trade so ryan what are your thoughts on the trade um well i i just i feel like it's such a painfully stupid thing to do like, there's no upside with Cobb. He doesn't have an amazing pitch mix. He doesn't have good peripherals. He's not young. He's not, uh, he's not even controllable. He's a free agent. He's a rental. Um, 
I mean, they had like, okay, Bundy is promising and he pitched well last year. Uh, I think he needs pretty promising a three, eight, four skill interactive ERA the last three seasons, though he has had injury issues, but he was pretty healthy in 2020. Um, you know, they have Canning, who's a young guy. Um, and I'm pretty sure his peripherals aren't terrible. Um, and then Otani's a promising starter, but the issue is he's really hurt a lot. But if you can limit his innings, he can be effective. They had an opportunity here to, uh, this offseason to trade for a starter. And it didn't have to be an ace. It didn't have to be a superstar. It could have just been someone to just make, give them more starting depth. And if you go in there with a respectable rotation, that lineup's pretty good. You can go maybe win the division or maybe sneak into the playoffs with how weak the ALE, the way out. AL West and then the AL in general is because the AL in general is really just the Yankees. Then you got the other two with the White Sox and like the Rays and maybe the Astros. And then it's like, and the twins in there too. And it's like, everyone else is just, I mean, the angels could sneak into that second tier, but they chose not to there. This was a trade that's telling you that we, they don't care about winning. They don't want to win and they're fine sucking. And they hate Mike Trout. I, I just think they hate Mike Trout at this point, but you have to hate him at this point. If you're doing this to him. Yeah, at the end of the day, they can easily make a push at the AL West uh, as their only competition in the AL in general, I'd say. The Yankees, the Rays, I don't know about the Blue Jays. I guess you could say the Blue Jays at this point. Uh, Blue Jays are kind of up there. Um, the Twins, and then you got the, in their division, they have the Astros and Athletics. So uh, those teams right there are uh, sort of their main competition. And at the end of the day, um, they really could make a push at the AL West and potentially winning a first-round matchup because they would be the three-seed playing likely the Twins or the Indians. So uh, I think it's interesting to see what uh, would happen if they actually made a push for a guy like James Paxton or Chris Archer, who are easily quote-unquote fixable. They've been injured uh, and really significantly better uh, than uh, than Cobb, excuse me, and didn't have to give up their seventh overall prospect. So just shitty job of the Angels in general. You know, I, I trusted Perry for a minute there. He did a couple good things, and, you know, he does this, and it makes me lose a lot of faith. And that's really a shame because, you know, Angels fans out there, you know, they've had to live through this. Mike Trout's had to live through this. And uh, I, I don't really know what else there is to say, really. Do you have anything else to say, Ryan? This shit's like, it's terrible. Terrible. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you there. It's just like, think about last offseason. Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg. Those are two very good baseball players. Now we have the hindsight of knowing Strasburg got injured and all that. They had the money to give out a big contract. They went out and got a power hitting third baseman now Anthony Rendon's a very very good player and I think he's a he's undoubtedly the best third baseman in baseball Bregman makes a run at that but I always put Rendon over him and he's yeah, definitely Matt a top Chapman. 10 player no 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 yeah okay Matt Chapman's not Matt Chapman's not as good as Anthony Rendon don't he's not as good as I'd say Rendon he's not close he's not close he's I, not I'd say it's pretty close no 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 you no, got no, many defense. people out there who think it's pretty close the, many people close. it's just you Jack dude no do you want to bet Go, yes, on, I I wanna... go on Twitter, go to analytics, Twitter, ask Max Greenfield, ask all these people. If Matt Chapman is as good as Anthony Rendon. Max thinks he's better. Do you not know this? Have you not seen Anthony, Anthony Rendon? Yes. He thinks he's better. He thinks he's undoubtedly the best, not undoubtedly, but he definitely thinks he's the best third baseman in baseball. And I don't think that, but I think it's pretty close. I think you guys underrated. It's not really. close. Defense him, is... Dude, straight up, time 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 you think time he's time dumb? Time. The, the no, I don't think he's dumb, but I think that I think I think that now what's happening is because Matt Chapman had played such great defense, we're trying to overvalue the defense at the third base position. You know the Just defensive ask, adjustment. Ask I'll ask him. I'll ask, ask him. But the defensive the defensive adjustment at third base is is nowhere near enough. Like if hey, you know, hey, the hey, shortstop. I agree. I agree that I, I I definitely agree with you. 
that um, but it's definitely a terrible take like it's not a good i, like, I don't think it's a terrible take i think I it's, think it's it an argument to Matt chapman there's no way how much you okay. care about defense there's no argument i have chapman at three but he could easily be anywhere from one to five in my opinion this is like putting 2018 andrelton simmons over uh lindor at shortstop because of defense or not even lindor let me say matt chapman's a well well above average hitter and andrelton simmons for shortstop was a well above average hitter as well Anthony Rodon is okay, simply so fine. much you better at hitting the baseball. Matt Chapman is a 125 WRC plus hitter. Aaron Simmons is like 100, maybe less. No, it's one, like, when it's it's about, in, in, from 2017 to 2018, it was in that, that 108-109 rage. No, it was, not. Stop, it was not. That, no, no, oh, it was, it was 108 in one of those seasons. Hold I can pull on, it up right on, now. Andrew Elton Simmons, it was 108 in one of those seasons. No, it was not. It was like Yes, it was. It was 108. It was not, it was not 106, excuse me, 106 in 2018. Great, 106. 106, and then, all right, so from 20, 104 from 2017, 2018. And his R war was, like, incredible that, those two years, too. And that but point, better. Travis okay, better. I understand. But compare it to the average weighted runs created plus as a shortstop position, and the drastic difference is not – there's not a drastic difference in the offensive production because shortstops generally hit worse. And my point is the gap between Angelton Simmons and Francisco Lindor offensively is the same as Matt Chapman as, and Anthony Rendon because – or at least – Simmons in that time span. Now it's a little bit of a bigger gap because Simmons is repressed offensive. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's a conversation to be had. I don't there's think there's no like conversation. There's no I don't conversation. think it's like I, I refuse. I mean, you're clearly you got you know, people make the conversation. People have very reasonable arguments. You gotta just listen to arguments, bro. Watch, watch. You. He, he's gonna listen to the podcast and he's gonna be like. I did he listen to Matt Chapman. No, if, if he does, if he does, he's gonna listen to like I. If Jack, he's gonna be like Jack said, I think Matt Chapman with the best you, bro. And 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 if and if and if and if and if if he says I never said that, Jack, I'm gonna be so mad at you bringing up this Dude, argument. Last season, this season, I look just check. But talking about coming into like talking about, but coming into this season was a different argument because Matt Chapman was Why? very because and Matt he was missed, injured. He was 36 games. Like he was injured in 36 games, and he was still okay. No, I said but no. I'm saying he coming into this him for this season. This is no, 60 games. He played 36. I know. And no, 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 really, no. really, really good. And I was bullshit. Say, that is. Oh, and he's going to say coming into the season because the hype around that chat was at its highest in the analytics community because we were all trying to tear him, like, say, like, no, nah, he's the better version of Nolan Arenado. We're trying to tear down the Nolan Arenado stuff. And you're and now the Nolan Arenado is a cardinal. Is you're, you're push narratives? No, I'm not saying he's trying to push narratives, but well, he's I, the I remember. One I'm telling you, I, sure, you don't have to believe, you don't have to, like, say I'm credible. Clearly, I'm not saying you know, I things. But I'd say he's a pretty credible guy. He's got a I lot of I think he is a pretty credible guy. He's, he's, he's extremely analytical. And I and really I like a lot I, of the stuff I, he does. I, you know what? I agree with him. I understand what he was saying. I don't agree with him at this point. I, I think right he was, now, wasn't he put, I, 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 wasn't he talking about Nolan Arenado versus Matt Chapman? I'm pretty sure he was talking about straight up Chapman's best baseman in baseball. I don't remember this. I followed him for quite a while. Well, you don't remember? I was probably before. Just ask him. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to ask him. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's wrong until I actually ask him. But uh, the main point is the, well, the angel right. signed. Yeah, I, Anthony. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try arguing with him, dude. He's like, I don't really. I pretty much agree with a lot of this to say. The, the, I, I think I, the I, issue I there comes down to de- the value of defensive run saved because I I think OA is a better defensive metric than defensive run saved. OAA so, is like it's kind of uh, it's a range know. stat, right? Well, they're it's, all kind of they're not like yeah, not, defensive stats are weird. really good. So I guess the but, is the way to go. No, 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 no. I just watch the games, bro. I see, watch some tape, bro. You know, I watch the tape. I watch the tape on Didi Gregorius, man. 
Best shorts I've ever Watch seen. Watch the DD tape. You know, he's very I slick with the gloves. Got a good arm. You know, he's got the good <laughs> I love how this started from us ta- talking about the Angels being so stupid that they signed Anthony Rendon to a huge contract, not Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. I had, to, I had to clear up some gap. Also, you know what about that? He's a top five player. If you can sign a top five player, I don't know how you can complain about that. They should, Rendon, they should have signed Strasburg. But the they they should, no, I'm saying, but they had the big contract to give. They gave it to Rendon. It's basically about need. Like the if the Yankees sign Marcelo Zuna, they're a better baseball team. But they didn't. But that's such stupid money to spend. Wait, but Marcelo Zuna is not a top five player. No, but uh, that is a good point. And Garrett Cole is a top 10, 15. Okay, player. how about this? If the Yankees signed George yeah. Springer instead of signing any any of the bullpen or pitching help they got, they're a better team than what they were obviously without Springer. But did they solve any of their needs? And are they a more complete team? No, but I'd 100% do that. I'd rather have Springer than, than Kluber and, and, and Tylan at the end of the day. And O'Day. And, I mean, O'Day's replaceable. O'Day was a great signing, but he's replaceable. Okay, so, so wait, time player. Out. So, time out. George Springer is more valuable than so – this is not – I know he's a better player than all three of these people combined. I'm saying, overall, for the Yankees, what the Yankees needed, they need a center fielder more than they needed two starting pitchers and a relief pitcher. Well, then, then here's what – but here's the thing. You get Springer, right? And then you can trade Frazier. And I don't, I'm not going to say he's like super valuable. Like at Frazier. Well, and who Andy says Park the Yankees for, do it? Because the Yankees, young, but what, what I'm the Yankees would have DJ and Springer under contract. That would be a combined $40 million, which would probably be more it, than what the- they're going to put up. That, at the end of the day, and I'm the first person to admit when, when a contract is bad, that's absolutely worth it. And Springer's top 15 player. Let me use okay, so you're going to trot out a rotation of. And, I and I'm really happy the, the Yankees are we scoring would, like six runs a game. Dude, I would not you're acting like you, you're acting like the Yankees would just straight up neglect the rotation after they signed Springer and LeMay, that'd just be it, right? They, they have pro- so many uh, assets. Says- dude, the Yankees farm system is A underrated. B, they would definitely make a if they if George Springer fell into their laps, they would they would give him a contract and be like, dude, sign the fucking contract. Same for LeMay. If these guys are equal in 40 million dollars. I would do that at the end of the day. And they yeah, can, so, you know, you're time. talking me into this. But my well, I'm, I'm telling you, me, strip. Not you're making me a good point. Going to, the Yankees would not go into the fucking season with a, a Cole and Montgomery. Don't worry, Jordan Montgomery is really good. He's not. I like Jordan. Starter. He's not going to be the Yankees number two starter. They would make a change with that. I would, you know, hit up. I I messaged Brian Cashman today. I would tell him, let's, let's you know, let, let's go, let's go trade Frazier for like a mediocre start. Like, dude, Medi- I, imagine. You get it. You dude, get. Dude, we could have traded Frazier for like Musker. I would bet a bit more. Obviously, Musker. Oh, not- we probably could have gotten Tyone still because he was two million dollars. Yeah, we could have gotten Tyone. He's pretty cheap. Yeah. Frazier's pretty much. The but same the, but you see, my point is the Angels didn't do that. The Angels aren't competent, so they're yes, so absolutely. dumb. That, I, I, so that, I, but that's I, my I, point. They went into the offseason and they didn't get. They got Bundy, but they didn't know Bundy was going to be like good. They were banking on getting better. They didn't do enough, and they always consistently, every single offseason, don't do enough. You're bringing up a competent, good front well, office I, I and a competent saying, GM. The Angels aren't that. I would rather have Strasburg. If I was the Angels last year, I would have signed Strasburg over, you know, Rendon without hindsight. They got no, Donaldson probably injured. Too. But it's a top five player, and I'm not going to try knocking a top five. I'm player. not going to knock them. It's an A move, but I just, just feel knocking them. No, I'm knocking them for not getting starting pitching. I'm not knocking them for getting Rendon. I'm knocking them for getting Rendon and not addressing the starting pitching. Because that's that's what they've always done. I guess it's pretty fair. I I thought you were more knocking the Rendon. No, no, no. Dude, I love Rendon. I'm sitting here telling you Rendon is like undoubtedly the best third baseman in baseball. I love the guy. Like, I, I love Anthony Rendon. But... They didn't do enough. They, they, you know, they, they just basically signed Rendon to a, you're never going to do anything special here because we're never going to make the playoffs contract. They're like here, Trout, Rendon, we're, they're basically holding two of our best players in the, in the sport hostage in LA where they're not even the biggest team in their city or in their location. 
um, and they're going to rot their careers away because their front office sucks. And they still have the same thing. They have like, they're not even like a low market, uh, a small market team. They pay a lot of money to players. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. So well, it, it pisses they, me off. I think it's more a function of the ownership. Moreno. Yeah, is, no, they're just so owner. bad. He, he throws out money, but it's like the Will Ponds. The mm-hmm. Mets still had a top seven payroll, but they gave money to, to Jed fucking Lowry and Darius Familia and Jason uh, Bay. Is that his name? It was Jason Bay, right? And Yeah. They Bobby would give Moore, out like Nia. And it's like, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to ownership. It, it, it's less about the, the GM. And, and Perry, look, Perry's made really good moves this offseason. And I'm not, I don't really want to knock Perry. It's a bad trade. Oh, I'm going to knock him. I, I, I Fine. You can knock him. I think it was more a function of Moreno not wanting to take a flyer on a guy and they wanted like a, a solidified starter in Cobb, which sucks is when owners don't know jack shit and they, they put themselves in a position where they think they, you know, they know things and they should try yeah. to, you know, be a part of the, the baseball project. Like Steve Cohen, Uncle Stevie, he's made some very suspect things, you know, happen in the stock market. You know, he's made his money and, but at least he knows to stay out of like the baseball operations. He yeah. He just signed the checks. Yeah. And I mean, he signed the wrong check with Porter, but he didn't know that, obviously. And with McCann. Uh, McCann is a... And, well, McCann was a shitty ass. I don't know what they were doing there. But McCann was not a great signing. At the end of the day, uh, guys like Steve Cohen, Steinbrenner, they stay out of it. They they know, like, they, they trust their guys, which is fine. Trusting your GM. If, you, if you're confident that you hired a good GM that knows what they're doing and trusting them is one thing. But when you insert yourself as an owner into the baseball operations, that's when it becomes problematic. But at that point, if, okay, so like if you pay money to someone to do something for you and you don't let them do it, you're wasting your own money. So this is why these are just yeah, stupid absolutely. people. Like uh, I just hope, I hope Cobb does well and the Angels rotation comes in and underrated and they go when they sneak into the playoffs and we get to see some Mike Trout in the playoffs I'd love to Obviously, see Obviously, yes. Now, I, uh, no, I would not hope that they, I do not hope they win the pennant because I want my Yankees to win the pennant. But yeah, from a yeah. base, for, I want, I, yeah, ALCS, I yeah, want to see the Angels make the playoffs. Obviously, I'm rooting for them. I love, I, I love Mike Trout. I love Rendon. But God, they make it so hard to make it to be for me to predict them to do anything. I predict them, I think I'm predicting at this point to go 81 and 81 or 82 and 80. And I think I'm pretty, pretty I generous. Because their division's kind of not great. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Kind of, I don't know. But we'll not, I, I just don't think they're making the playoffs. Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they'll sign packs and then just the clip. Maybe they'll just do that. You know, they're like they're maybe basically they're like packs. I don't know. They're Blue Jays clones, basically. So you know, their rotation is definitely better though, and yeah. their offense is probably similar. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but I mean, maybe they're better than Toronto. Maybe, maybe. But Toronto got they got George Springer, but they don't have Mike. No, Trout, Mike Trout, or Rendon, and they have, you know, Marcus Sanian, which is kind of a suspect signing compared to what Colton They're just got. a weird team. But they're just yeah, they're, 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 these are like teams that just don't give a fuck about pitching, which is problematic going forward. It's like the Rams with draft picks. They don't care. They, yeah, they but at least they're a good draft. team. They're a good team. Well, Matthew Stafford, you know, we're not going to get into football now, but Stafford's not like a top 10 QB or anything. It's not worth that. Uh, but at the end of the day, Angels are pitching. Blue Jays are pitching. What the fuck are you doing, Angels? I can't wait to see who Paxton signs with. Watch him just like sign. I'm telling you right now, if I like, I think he's a Blue Jay, but if he signs like a mystery team and it's not the Blue Jays or Angels, both of those two teams need to like disband the Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm gonna be very sad. Oh, dude, Matt, if he sign, if he signs, I mean, he could be a Cub too. They're they're looking for pitching, but I don't know if they'll spend the money. Go Cubs, go. Uh, I, I mean, I would love to see him back in pitch reps. I mean, it, it's Angels have to do something. They can they can go out to get starting pitching, but they're incompetent. So. You know, I think that's just the story of the Angels at this point. 
Well, that's our very, you know, colorful thoughts about the, the Jemai Jones, Alex Cobb swap that was very on topic. So uh, thanks for, you know, listening to that uh, conversation we had there. Uh, but uh, we're going to move into our starting pitchers list next. Moving on to the next segment of this podcast, we're going to be talking about our top 10 starting pitchers each. Uh, each of us made our list based on our own criteria. Uh, I believe we all use a pretty similar sample size, though uh, James is, I don't know what he's doing. So, uh, At number 10, we're going to all state which players we have at what spot, and then we'll debate afterwards. At number 10, I have New York Yankees starting pitcher Luis Severino. Ryan, who do you have? At my number 10 spot, uh, I have Blake Snell. James, who do you have? Uh, I have Trevor Bauer. And Jackson, who do you have? I have uh, Aaron Noah. And number nine, I have Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw. Ryan, who do you have? I have Charlie Morton of the Atlanta uh, Choke Jobs. James, who do you have? Uh, I have Carlos Carrasco at nine. And Jackson, who do you have? I also have Clayton Kershaw. That's a W right there. Yeah. Uh, at eight, I have San Diego Padres pitcher Blake Snell. Who do you have, uh, Ryan? Uh, I have Walker Bueller of the franchise with the most World Series losses, a.k.a. the Dodgers. James, who do you have at number eight? Uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Jackson, who do you have at number eight? I got Mr. Steven Strasburg. At number seven, I have Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Walker Bueller. Who do you have, Ryan? At number seven, I have Steven Strasburg of the, Nash- of the Washington Mickey Mouse Rings. Uh, James, who do you have at number seven? I have Clayton Kershaw on number seven. And Jackson, who do you have at number seven? I also have Mr. Wakabula at number seven. Oh at number six, I have Mickey Mouse Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians. Who do you have, Ray, uh, Ryan? Um, I have Carlos Carrasco of the New York Lowell Mets. Uh, who do you have, James? At number six, I have Walker Bueller of Jackson, the Dodgers. I have uh, Mr. Blake Snell. At number five, I have Steven Strasburg with the Washington Nationals. Ryan, who do you have? I have Shane Bieber, as Jack Afro uh, said before, Mickey Mouse Scion. James, who do you have? Uh, I also have Steven Strasburg. And Jackson, who do you have? I have my favorite pitcher in baseball, Mr. Chris Sale, number five. And number four, I have Washington Nationals starting pitcher Max Scherzer. Ryan, who do you have? Uh, I have Chris Sale of the We're Boston. We're four now. Oh, four. Oh, yeah. shit, my bad. Number four, I have Strasburg. Uh, Scherzer, number four. What do you have, Ryan? Uh, at number four, I have um, Chris Sale of the Boston Shit Sox. Relax. They're, they're a good team. I have no, Shane Bieber, number four. That's reserved for another team. Uh, James, who do you have at number four? Uh, Shane Bieber. And who do you have at number four, Jackson? I show Biebs. Mickey Mouse, I am award winner, Shane Bieber? No. I do you have God amongst Mets. Okay. Uh, number three, I have New York Mets starting pitcher Jacob Defraud. Jackson, who do you have? I guess I'm going now. I got uh, <laughs> I got Max Scherzer. Ryan, who do you have? Uh, I also have uh, Max Scherzer of the Mickey Mouse winning rings. And James, who do you have? I also have Max Scherzer. And number two, I have New York Yankees pitcher Garrett Cole. Ryan, who do you uh, have? And- at number two, I have Jacob Defraud of the New York Lowell Mets. And James, who do you have? I also have Garrett Cole. 
And Jackson, who do you have? I got a pitcher out of New York named Garrett Cole. At number one, I have Boston Red Sox pitcher for sale. Ryan, who do you have at number one? At number one, I have the very best pitcher in New York, uh, the king of New York, Garrett Cole. James, who do you have at number one? I have the actual king of New York, Jacob deGrom. And Jackson, you also have Jacob deGrom. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, I could have, like, I could have you know, Lucas Giolito up there. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> no, I went Jacob deGrom, but it could have been like Brandon Woodruff. All right, number now that one. we've all – what are your biggest issues with uh, – I'm going to start off with what biggest issues I have. He's going to go with mine. So far. <laughs> uh, I have no real issues from what I've heard with the ground. My biggest issue is Shinjin Ryu at eight and Carlos Carrasco at six. How is that? Wait, wait, oh. time out. Ner- got, wait, time on. Jack, I, 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 okay. Before you guys jump on me, at, in, in skill interactive ERA, he has a better skill interactive ERA in similar innings than Steven Strasburg, Walker Bueller, Charlie Morton, and Carrasco? Blake Snell. Yes. Carrasco? But you also yes. got to consider this. Are you using equal weights since 2017? Because if not, Carrasco I'm not using weights from 2017. 20... I'm using it from 2018. From 2018. Yeah, so he just... hardly pitched in 2019. Okay, but he had similar he had to the cancer. other guys. Are you going to blame I'm him for that? I'm not knocking him. Time out, time out. I'm not knocking him for that. I'm not knocking him for that. Did you not say? I love how you took away the first part. No, 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 no. You can't say no volume because I said, if you look, I would have put him so I I said he had similar volume to Blake Snell, Stephen Strasburg, Charlie Morton. Even I don't have Blake Snell. And Walker Bueller. I don't have Blake Snell at six. I wouldn't have a problem with Carrasco at eight. Six but Carrasco has a better, but he has a better sample. He has a similar sample size to Steven Strasburg, and he has a better skill interactive ERA. Walker Bueller, same thing. Similar sample size is better skill interactive ERA, and he's better in XFIP and all the other ERA estimators as well. Is this better unweighted or is this weighted? Because unweighted, I don't unweighted. think that's unweighted but or weighted. Unweighted. Even if you weighted, Bueller's regressive. Eighteen for the majority of it. Timeout. 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 Time if you look at just 2018. Uh, if you look at 2020 only, are you weighted? Bueller has gotten worse in skill interactive ERA every single year of his career. 20, so, dude, I don't know exactly. Okay, I'm a bit unclear about what sample size you're using. Because 20, I used 2018 20, to 2020. Unweighted sample size. Uh, unweighted, yeah. I couldn't weight okay. it. I, I, but, I suppose that's a bit fair. I don't agree with what sample size you're using. Okay. So I'm not using a particular sample size. Um, I'm using... I mean, I'm not looking, I'm sort of what I'm, I'm sort of eyeballing the stats from 2018, but I'm also going on an individual, uh, I went on everybody's individual page and sort of looked at the progression and project some, I, I did consider a bit projections into my list. Uh, but Chris Sale, for me, the reason I had, cause I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I had Chris Sale at one just because he is significantly better since 2017 than everyone else. And I understand that, you know, 2017 might not be a valid sample size. So he might not be the same pitcher he was in 2017. Now, obviously he's not. But at the end of the day, I do think uh, – stop with the timeout. Just give me a second. Did it, no, uh, didn't you tell me get on me for volume? Yeah, you didn't did. you get on me for volume? You're like, Skarasko has a pitch in the innings. And now you're like, oh, well, Chris Sale's a top – he's the best Sale pitcher in baseball. He hasn't pitched in a year and a half, my man. Chris has been significantly better. Chris Sale has been significantly better. He's been significantly better. And Carlos Carrasco has been significantly better. Okay, but tell me, Carlos Carrasco has been significantly better than Walker Buehler the last three years. So okay, it's the same thing. He's also thirty-three. You know what I'm saying? I had zero they're, they're both problem. Old, though. I had zero problem with your list when you're using the sample sizes that you're using. I disagree with what sample size you were using. Unless <laughs> <there's someone laughs> you like all you. Chris, can, can you like? Can, can you hear me? Okay, out? I'll let you know. I'll mute. Go ahead. Go ahead. Chris Sale, I, I, I under, I, there's a bit of an exception here because, and first of all, there's no bias here. I don't like Chris Sale. 
I, I, I hope we shell him every time, you know, he pitches against us. Liberal no media bias. narrative. There's no narrative either. The only narrative I'll push is the Austin Hedges and the White Sox narrative. Oh, my God. No other, and by the way, the Austin Hedges narrative is factual. The White Sox. No, it's not. No, the, it's the not. The White Sox narrative it's is just not. pushing it, but it is what it is. James is a better um, catcher than Austin Hedges. Uh, uh, what, what I was saying was with Chris Sale, he is significantly better if you use a 2017 sample size than the majority of other pitchers. Now, with that being said, though, I, I did – you still knock him a bit for the injury in the Tommy John surgery. But I really don't see a world where he comes back and he pitches like he did in 2019. I think he's definitely more of the pitcher because he did have a lot of injury. As Jackson, I'm sure you know, in your poverty 2019 season where you didn't make the playoffs and you finished under 500. You uh, we were over 500. You were? Shit, I don't know. You guys 84 and 78. Yo, I, I don't want to do this to you, but uh, how's, how's baseball been since 2010, man? How's it been for us? Well, I mean, it's not how, how many rings. It's been how, pretty how many poverty. Rings pretty how many rings? Too, how, how many rings again? The Red Sox cheated. So, no, no, they have two, right? So right? did the Yankees, oh, but they didn't even win. They have two, right? Wait, wait, no. Jack, Jack. 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 Making us Cy Young no, no, they have two. They have, they have two wins. Well, two wins, right? Rings. Rings. How many division titles do we have since 2010? One, right? One All division right. title. Red Sox have like what? Four? You only have one. Let me explain my real Or two, two, two. There goes the argument. There goes the, there's the Ryan narrative against hating the Yankees. Anyways, what I was trying to say was, is it was so rudely interrupted. Chris Sale has been significantly, significantly better than the next pitcher since 2017, using an unweighted sample size. And yes, I understand. I didn't use that sample size. And I did knock him for injury. Knock him for injury, I still had him at number one. With that being said, though, and I know I've said with that being said, I'm sure you're counting it. I've said it a few times here. I have zero problem with Chris Sale being anywhere from one to ten just because of what sample size you're using, right? So you got someone, Garrett Cole, I would put him at one if you, if you didn't count sale. Even Jacob DeFraud could be at number one. I'd have no problem with that. Uh, I wouldn't, I guess you could put Scherzer there too, really. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think you put any of those four. Yeah, any of those four could be the top guy. I think I have a, Bieber, a question. You though. could even make a case for B. If you're someone who has Tatis is the best shortstop in baseball, you could even make the case for Beaver. Okay, well, right, then you're you wrong. You can chill there. No, you can chill there. You can chill. Well, I wouldn't have. But, no, I'm saying there are people. There are legitimate people. Mike Patrick. They're idiots. They have. But they're like idiots. Patrick, yeah, I didn't but say But they're idiots. Uh, but you could make the argument there. If you're, you have to be consistent with the sample size. Because it was really all about sample size is what it comes down to. And you really have to be consistent about what your sample size you're using. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm good with sale at one. But. And they're, they're at the end of the day, I'm good with any of those four there, potentially five. Though I well, Chris, Chris Hale has lost like two miles an hour to his fastball. Wait, he has? Yeah, he's still well, – he, he was looking for an injury when he did that. He was still yeah, that's so concerning. 95 and 28. It's a bit concerning. 93. That's, that's, that's like Paxton concerning. But I, I have a question. For that's Justin Verlander, where would you guys have put Verlander? Like, I would have put I Verlander, Verlander like five. in my top five. Yeah, I would have had, had Verlander at four probably. I would have put him at four. I would have put him over Scherzer, probably. I would have put him at five. He was really. I would have put him under Scherzer over Bieber. I don't have Sale on my list at all because he's only going to pitch half of next season. Well, and so to be clear, we didn't have Verlander in any of our lists because of injury. Yeah, I I have I had I would have I put Sale four uh because of the injuries. So that's basically it. Like yeah, that's fair. I have no problem with that. Well, do I? Okay, I'll explain this. I do think Sale when he comes back will be a top five, top ten pitcher, but. If I'm going like this is my best ten pitchers for next season, and he's only going to pitch half of next season, then is he really going to be the best pitcher in the league? Probably not. 
Well, I think if he comes back and he looks like what he did in 2018, I think we can all say, well, in 2021, he'll look really good. Like, whatever he well, does in the second if, half. If he does that, then going into 2022, yeah. maybe he will be the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, but I think at the point we're at, if we're I, projecting yeah. 2021 and he's only going to throw half the season, then how is he going to be the best in the league? I think Bieber also has this situation too, where if Bieber comes out and he looks like, not like what he did in 20, uh, not 20, but like a uh, kind of in between 2020 and 2019, he can walk out of this year. And it's like, if like, if, if Cole and DeGrom aren't like they're at their peak self and they're like slightly worse, not even like a lot worse, just a little bit worse. And Bieber takes another step. You could make that argument. Scherzer's probably going to start slipping because he didn't look that great in 2020 and age is going to catch up to him at some point. I think uh, I could be wrong there. Uh, but if Scherzer, you know, if he takes a step back, he's going to start slipping because the age and all that stuff. Um, I, I think Bieber and Sale here have the two highest potentials to go up. And I think Bueller's going to start trending down because his Sierra's gone de- up every single year after 20 I actually years. think out of the guys who could move up, I think like by the end of next year, the guy who I would move up the most probably would be Bueller. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And real quick, I just think it is straight medium. raw statistics. Jackson and I did a series on Emily Ernst. We've only done one installment of it because jackson has not shown any interest and in, uh, yeah. initiative and you trying didn't to, you didn't i would never collab with your page he had bueller yeah i'm just playing around but he, he did have his but he bueller's his best fastball and uh i think pitching is a bit more than just the the statistics that we have here and i know jackson was talking about it he doesn't really care about that kind of stuff for relievers more about the stuff you, you said yeah. stuff, stuff. Oh, stuff. Like, all, all stuff oh yeah so, I, I think that's sort of a way as well. so all right so, let me explain my ryu pick because you don't like it no, I I this. go ahead I, no go I ahead please just, yeah, go ahead i, I want to go i'm a major problem so so what's all right so i have two things up here i have weighted stats and i have unweighted stats weights being uh 18 through 20 with 18 being the least 19 being second least and 20 being the most but it's also but it's also weighted by innings, so it makes 19 worth more, in theory. Okay. And he's, first of all, second in ERA, but I know you don't care about ERA. No, uh, ninth in FIP, which you probably also don't care about. He's 22nd in Sierra, which you love that, and 14th in XFIP. But if you look, and then, and then if you look unweighted uh, since 2018, he has a 2.30 ERA which trails only to Grom and leads third place Verlander and fourth place Cole by about a fifth of a run. Defraud. Uh, I, okay. I understand what you're saying. And, and I'm projecting who's going to be good next year. There's nothing here that makes me say he's not an anomaly from the normal trends. That's going to make him like get worse. Like what's what here is there to believe that he'll get worse considering that in every season that he's thrown more than five innings, he has an ERA under 3.7. Here's no, my thing 3.8. Ball, here's my thing with contact and ground ball pitchers. Sierra knocks them because they're simply not as valuable because at any point in time, they could straight up crumble. Collapse, and that's, yeah. that's why I understand what you're saying where you see a trend that he has not done that, but at any point in time, he can crumble. And I, Well, I, this, I this, is, this is an eight-year trend. He's been doing this since 2013. That goes, no, listen, that goes for any pitcher in particular that they could just crumble at any point in time. But strikeout pitchers definitely minimize that risk. And I think there are significantly better guys in front of him that are minimizing that type of risk. And well, well, even then, he still had, like, he struck out 10 batters per nine last year. That was rounded up, 9.7. I still wouldn't have a problem with Ryu as a top 20 pitcher, a top 15 pitcher, even top that you could put him at 15. I still wouldn't really have too much of a problem with it. I, I just wouldn't go as far to say he is top eight with other guys that are available. 
By the way, I, let me let, let me explain the power quick power pick too because you guys are gonna yeah, love this. That. I don't really hate it too much at ten. I, I, I could, all I, right. I, I so I, I hate have him. Bauer, no, I, I hate have him. Bauer I at ten pick. for one reason and one reason only. Since he started cheating, he's been really good, and nothing makes me think he's gonna stop cheating. So I'm just gonna put him there. Okay, that's fair. All right, I guess that's fair. We'll see how that goes. You know, I have Bauer at thirteen myself. Uh, who you guys have as honorable mentions? Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I also so. And there's honorable mentions. I was definitely thinking about Paxton, but the issue is his injury. Like he's, for me, I just his ERA. He's been over underperforming his peripherals consistently. And then the another thing, like if he if he legitimately lost his velocity, I don't even know if he's gonna be. I don't even think he could be in the conversation for a top twenty starter. Um, it, it's it's so like this. That's just the issue with twenty twenty. Like we had such a small sample size, and we don't know what's legit or not with these injuries. Um, so yeah. Also, look out for Joe Musgrove if he has a. He's gonna have a really good twenty twenty one. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's gonna creep up that conversation a little bit. I'm just saying. Uh, that's my All right. Boy. All right. Let me give let me give some fun honorable mentions. All right, go ahead. First of all, I have Brandon Woodruff. That's one. Uh, you Darvish is another, but he's old, so. Okay. Uh, I have you Darvish. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I fucking hate you. The San Diego. Uh, all right, Diego. and then I've got Maeda, Nola, and then one that I was really tempted to put at ten was Corey Kluber, but he hasn't no, pitched in two years. No. But he hasn't. But he no. hasn't pitched in two years. No. So I couldn't no. put him there. No. If he's a top ten pitcher in twenty twenty one, if he's a top ten pitcher in twenty twenty one, and they have him and Garrett Cole, like they would be unstoppable. Well, actually, I don't know if they'd be unstoppable. Three hundred dollars in a cameo for Brian. Oh, okay, uh, whoa, whoa, also, crazy. Also, Dude, I'll do it. I'm not counting. Also, also Luis Severino is another one, but Severino. yeah, him and Syndergaard. Him and Syndergaard, I think, are the same. No, Syndergaard is definitely not. I would not. Syndergaard is not on the same tier as Severino. I mean, it depends on what you look at, but they're similer. You look at defensive uh, DRA, then yeah, Syndergaard. I don't look. Oh no, 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 I'm not saying DRA. I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm saying it depends. I know, on the no, no. I, I know, C- I know Severino's better. I'm just saying that I think they're in the same tier of like both of them are good young starting pitchers. That if they have a good, if they can come back healthy and they, you know, they build themselves up, they can have a good season. I mean, look at what Syndergaard really got worse mainly because he started using the sinker more. I don't know why he's a power sinker pitcher. This pisses me off about him and Zach Wheeler. Both of those guys should not be doing that. After our heated debate, ish, not really heated. We kind of agree on a lot of things, which is pretty unexpected, but. Um, after our top 10 starting pitchers, we're going to move on to our trivia portion of today's podcast. That's always hosted by James Valentinus, uh, Cubs fan. That's all you have to say about him. So take it away, James. All right. So we have a fun twist to this one. Every trivia question today will be about prospects as okay. Okay. Um, MLB Pipeline uh, gave out their top 100 prospect list uh, a, couple, a couple days ago. And... So, disclaimer, MLB Pipeline has only been around since 2004. So, everything here is since 2004, except for one question that Jackson gave me. But uh, everything else is about that. So, let's start with Ryan. Uh, oh, by the way, the score is 14 to 6, Jack, right now. Yeah, bro, I'm putting up a fat, I'm putting up a fat zero. Today. So, let's start with Ryan, see if he can make anything up here. I'm not doing shit. So, okay. The Rays have eight top 100 prospects this year, leading the league. Who is second? That seems kind of easy. It is easy, but apparently not. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it the Padres? No. No. Is it? Wait, wait. Is it of the Rays organization? 
Wait, who's what? second overall? No, who? What's what's the second team with the most prospects? Oh, that, oh, that's what he has. Like, well, I mean, team. he, he guessed team. he guessed uh, a team, so he he understood the question. the question. You're trying to finesse an extra. An extra no, point. I'm not. No, I yeah, you no. confused me. I, said I knew point. I guessed it wrong. Go. All right. Um, second overall. Is there a tie or is, is it not like a tie? No, it's no tie. Okay. I'm gonna guess. I have two guesses. Colorado Rockies. I'm sure. No, you get one guess. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Oh, by the way, just uh just, just for you guys, Alfred Payton is absolutely balling right now. That's what I heard. Fuck. I heard that. <laughs> he really has he great. has six and four in five minutes on three for three from the field. All right, whatever. All right, nerds, give me a, give me an answer now. I called you nerds. Uh, I'm gonna say it is. I know the number three team. So, number two. No, well, there there, there are four three number three oh, the teams. Oh, Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. Mar- I was thinking. Uh, okay, really they also they back. also have two top five prospects. So yeah. that's fifteen Kalenic. to Isn't six. Is, is, is Jack Kalenic one of them? Kalenic, Rodriguez, <laughs> Gilbert. <laughs> they gave up a top five prospect for a reliever and an overpaid second baseman. Okay. All right, Jack, your your easy question's also relatively easy, but Jackson got it wrong, so I don't know. Who is the number one prospect entering 2018? So the preseason list. All this is based on preseason lists. Yeah. So I have Otani. Well, I'm kind of blowing you out right now. So now it is 16 to four or 16 to six. Yeah, remember Otani? Forgot. Because they signed him yeah. as a prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he signed, yeah. Okay. A prospect. Of all MLB Pipeline number one prospects, who has the highest career war? This is for you, Ryan. Wait, in, in minor league ball or like overall in their major league career? What? Well, there's no minor league war. The fuck did you ask, bro? All right, so. <laughs> like. Like in their major leagues. Careers. Oh, okay. So not. So wait, 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 wait. wait. Th- was it they were number one at some point or number one? They had to be. They had to be number one, at on a preseason ranking. Okay, so right before the season, got it. With nothing to change, got it. Okay. Uh, since two thousand four, it- and then it's cumulative for their entire career. Fuck me, because this could be someone like really, really old. I have, a, I have a guess. Well, it's not that, that I have old. a guess as well. It's only 2004. Well. All right. Well, what's your guess? Uh, I have a guess, but like, I don't know. Because I don't know if he was ever number one. Let it fly. Uh, I was going to guess Bryce Harper. No. Oh, is it? Uh, he was he, he was number two on the highest list he was on. What? This feels like a really out of left field guess, and I'll be very surprised if I get this. Is it Jason Hayward? It is. It is. It is. It is. No, guys, it's it's Mike Trout. He was, he was the one? one? Yeah. How is that a reasonable question? How, what the fuck? Well, apparently, because I didn't know, because I didn't know if you guys would know he was number one. So then I just I went he, for he, it. I never I knew he was number I one. He was like number five or something like that. I yeah, think it was no, on the, I think it was on like the 2011 list. I can pull up the. That's fucking. I think it was 2012. Whatever. But, I don't care. But 20, that's how, shh, about the, the, 2012 was Matt Moore, who was the one who was above Harper. And then. 2011. Wow! 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 If it wow. will load, was Mike Trout? Harper was never the number one prospect. I, for someone who got so much hype, how did he? Was he never the number one prospect? Why did he get so much hype? Well, I think I prospect? think baseball baseball America had him number one twice in a row, and that was the question I was originally going to have here. But this is all based on pipeline lists. 
All right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I will know. Now it's you. Uh, how many MLB Pipeline number one prospects have won the Rookie of the Year award? Okay, so we know Trout is one. Uh, yeah, that's obvious. Your mother. Did Jason Hayward win one? Maybe, I don't know. Oh, he did. No, he definitely did win one. It, it, it's two. I'm going to guess two, Mike Trout and Jason Hayward. Okay, well, first of all, you're wrong. Ryan, hey. you, <laughs> Ryan you can guess. <laughs> um, I'd have to guess the names, right? I can just. No, you just it. need the number. But I have the names written down. I have, I'm going to go with uh, six. Okay, well, it's Wait, three. Why was it? I could have just named a random number. I did not know that. Anyway, why, did you, why, did you, why did you start thinking? I was going to throw out a fucking random, random number. In there, it's it's three. It's Trout, Seager, and Otani. Wait, hey, oh, Otani, I should have thought of. Oh, yeah, Wait, he won rookie of the year. year. Hayward finished no, second. No, it was Posey. Posey went. Oh, Posey yeah, won it. on the same list, right? Forgot about that. Uh, anyways, yeah, that was kind of stupid of me. Anyways, move on. Uh, All right, Ryan, but, we got Ryan's yeah. hard question now. In MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospect list, uh, Wander Franco was named the top prospect in two consecutive preseason rankings. Who's the only pre- player to do so three times? Three times. Okay, three times, three times. So 2004 to now. Yes. So it could be any time between those. One. Was he ever number one? Um, my internet connection is unstable, so I'm going to be glitching out probably. Okay, so uh, three years, you said? And it was preseason. Yeah, preseason rankings three years in a row. And I, I guess I can give you guys a hint here. Uh, there was a player who was mid-season one year and then preseason two years in a row, five lists in a row because of 20 whatever years. So wait, wait, that the guy was like a mid one? And then a preseason, preseason? That's the guy, the other guy. But this one that is the answer to this question three, one, two, was three. three years in a row. And was just the on the preseason thing. list. Pipeline, you can only be on the pipeline list if you still have your rookie status. In rookie intact. eligibility, yes. Okay, and wait, if you play, no, 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 no. that's not how that works. Randy Rosarena is still on the current one. He, he, he played the actual games. Um, yeah, it's like 50 innings or some yeah, number like of at-bats. Yeah. Huh. Um, oh, I, I actually know this. Oh my god, I think I know this. I think is it Steven Strasburg? Right. I think I know no. this. Okay. Is it Jerkson Profar? No, it's uh, Delman Young. What? I, I would never have gotten that. 2005, 6, and 7, I think. Bro, scouts were yeah. so dumb back then. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright, and then here's your one that isn't based on an MLB uh, pipeline list. I don't know where this came from. Jackson got it, so if he wants to say it. Is this it, Ryan's or mine? No, this one's for Ryan. What? Oh, did I fuck that up? This no, one, no this one's Jackson. for Jack. This one's for Jack. But, no, it, does, it, it, it says Jack right here on my screen. Yeah, it's wrong. Jack. All right, Correct. which... Because uh, I read the bottom ones first because that way I wouldn't give away the trout answer. Okay. Um, which current MLB manager was the top prospect for the Tigers in 1999? I think 1999 was the year. He's definitely current MLB manager. Current MLB manager, yes. I'm. Like and I yes, it was 1999. I gotta get this. I feel like we gotta get this one. Was it? Um. Okay, there's that. And there's 
Sorry, I'm trying to think in my head real quick. Gotta be young enough. Um, I had like five guesses for this question, but I got I'm it right. Trying to, I'm trying to get like the best. I have an answer, but I also don't know if it's right because it would be, it would be the, the age time frame. But um, all right, I'm gonna just send it here. Um, is it Rocco Baldelli? No. Well, let, let me just. Uh, it's Ryan's turn to steal, right? Yeah. Is it Craig Council? You really think Craig Council was ever a top prospect? Dude, I don't even know who the managers in the league are. <laughs> it's a uh, Giants manager, Gabe Kapler. I went on a guy. I not. I know he played in two thousand nine, but I didn't know he played. I didn't before. think about him. I didn't even think about that. So ass. Well, this was 1999. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm saying I, I, I remember him just because I know he played in 2009 for some reason. So I, I was just thinking, did Craig, did Craig Council play baseball? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I was oh, right. I was right. Like, I, but he's older than that. He's old. He looks so yeah. young. No, but he's like, he like debuted in like the mid 90s. Yeah. Yo, he's 50. What the? F- I thought he was like 40. Anyways, that concludes our trivia. Uh, that was pretty tough, but I'm still winning by a lot, which is great news. So, For the last segment of today's podcast, we have our compiled uh, starting pitchers list. This is a combination of our entire list. And uh, James Valentinez did the calculations by hand. We could have plugged it into a sheet, but that's okay. Okay, well, I have it in a sheet, but I didn't have the, the sheet list? do it for me. Okay, so the way that this worked, just, just to get this out there, number two. So number one on anyone's list is worth 10 points. Two is worth nine. Three is worth eight all the way down to 10, which is worth one. And at number 10, who compiled seven points, we have Carlos Carrasco of the New York Mets. Okay. Carried by Ryan ranking, but. Uh, so it's the one who put Ryu top 10. Yeah, I did. Cause he will be top 10 next year and he will continue to be top 10. But, but. Uh, at number nine, we have Clayton Kershaw of Los Angeles Dodgers, who compiled uh, eight points. At number eight, we have Blake Snell of the San Diego Padres, who has nine points. At number seven, we have Walker Bueller of the Dodgers, who has 14. At six, we have Steven Strasburg of the Nationals with 19. At five, we have Chris Sale of the Boston Red Sox at 24, which is weighed heavily down by me having zero points there because I don't think – what? Very sad. Well, he could be higher is what I'm trying to say. All right, all right. At number four, we have Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians uh, for now uh, with 25. At number three, we have Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals with 31. At number two, we have Jacob DeGrom of the Mets at 37, which is weighed down because Jack's list is fucking stupid. And then at number one, we have Garrett Cole of of the New York Yankees. Please introduce him. We're going to introduce this again. Okay, so at number one, the king of New York, the The best best pitcher pitcher in baseball, baseball. the man, the myth, the legend, Garrett Cole. Number 45, Jackson in baseball, fan. on the best team in baseball, on the right, best franchise in baseball. Mr. Home Run Man gives him all the home runs. Everyone. You do not care. Oh, gives him out like candy. Gives him out like candy. It's all luck. I get hit a home Yo, run. Yo, 
Yo, yo, yo, yo, yo. I just wanted to know, uh, how, how did how did you do against Garrett Cole again? Oh, oh, oh I swear. Yeah, how did you do against Garrett we Cole? We were tanking. We were tanking. We were tanking. But they were Jack Leiter. Anyways, that was our... That was our. But Jack Leiter's not going to follow you anyways. Yeah, you suck at tanking. Let us know what you think about it on our Twitter, which is deep underscore drive underscore pod and our Instagram, which is the same handle. That'll do it for today's podcast. If you like what you saw, leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at deep drive pod, deep underscore drive underscore pod. Follow my Instagram if you don't already at MLB Nerds. Follow Ryan's Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM. Follow yeah. his, subscribe to his YouTube as well, uh, Yankee Stat Talk. Thanks everyone for watching. It's been a deep drive to left field by Castellanos and we are gone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.